towards you with the microphone. Yeah, you can put it further away from you, but. Happy Hump Day! I always forget this is Wednesday. This really is Hump Day. How you guys doing? It's your favorite Angry American. And as always in the house, we have Mr. T. Toombs of Mountain Preparedness, Sue LaRue and Emery Morganston of Prime Combat Training and Tactical Rifleman. Sue, or Emery, you in a better mood now? I'm in a far better mood now. You, your, um, your shot looks great. You two look professional. You'll have them oh, bamboos until we start talking. Don't worry. Give you 10 minutes to cut that out. <laughs> and tonight for for this, I was actually really uh, excited, dude, when you said you'd come on, David. We, we Guys, we have David Crawford of Lights Out. And if you haven't read Lights Out, um, either back in the day when, when, when David made the decision to put it on the Internet as a PDF for everybody to read, or when it, once it got published, uh, you're missing out because it is a fantastic uh, book that that everybody in the prepper community should read, in my opinion. How you doing, David? I'm good. I'm good. Uh oh, nah, he's he's freezing up on us. There you go. You're back. Go ahead, say that again, David. Okay. All right. I'm I'm really good, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. No problem, man. No problem. Glad to have you on. So I know a lot of you get asked this a lot. Uh, are you going to do anything else? Are you going to do uh, another book? Um, yes, I do want to do another book. I'm not working on anything right now, but but I do have some ideas that I want to start working on. Oh, there you go. There, now everybody knows. Yeah, David is going to write something else. You know, Chris, that's, so. that's kind of like, hey, Chris, where's book 11? <laughs> well, no. David's book's a little different. It's been out. It's been out longer than. Well, when did that? When did you put that out? What year was it? Um, I started writing it in two thousand two. Yeah. And didn't actually publish it, you know, in book form until ten. Two thousand ten. All right. So yeah, ours came out. I was writing mine. I think yours was already out. I think Lights Out was out, and I was writing Going Home because I very clearly remembered reading your book and being like, Oh, I can't do that because David did it and that. So I'm not going to mess, you know, I don't like to poach ideas and stuff. So, so 2010, right, it's right. 2024. I think 14 years is enough of a gap. You should probably give him another one, man. I'm just saying. It's kind of like a tool album. It's kind of <laughs> like a tool album. You beat, you beat me to it, man. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, and so far, I'll promise you that. Yeah. Well, you know, in the comments, somebody already mentioned like audio, man. And, and we were kind of discussing that before, uh, we, we came on here. Uh, but we're going to see if we can help David get lights out on audio, um, through podium is the introduction we're going to make the guys that do all my audio books and, uh, the, the readers of my books, I'm not saying do this, but they love the narrator I use, but you'll be able to pick your narrator, but the audiobook changes the thing, changes things entirely. It's just uh, it ups the game, in my opinion, for the readers and how they experience it. So, what's up uh, with you lately? I know you said you're you're working a little bit, you're riding motorcycles, you're doing a little fishing, and your grandpa. And so, so that's a pretty full plate. But what else are you up to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really, that's that's about it. You know, that and trying to stay cool down here in South Texas. That's a full-time job. Emery, where are you and Sue at right now? Where are you guys? In Indiana or Tennessee or where are you? Yeah, we're we're in Tennessee right now. We've actually been uh we've been filming tactical rifleman videos all week. Nice. And uh, we actually that's why we're all sweaty and stuff. She's covered in chiggers. Yeah, Sue really got attacked this week. Uh pretty good. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Hey, I Sue, you pick a couple of Never heard of permethrin, man? You don't know what permethrin is? No, but I know what clear nail polish is. <laughs> That's not the preventative. Um, he's, he's applied it only like what six times today. 
He's only blinded like six times today. Only on, six on open wounds. Yeah, with a with a with with the little brush or let's like a see, roller. Let's, like, let's see your fingernails. They look. Let's see your fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man! Uh, hey, 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 David, you. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you guys. have copies of Lights Out in the house? Do you have copies there of your book? Yes, I. You do. Would you be willing yes. to give a sign one away tonight that I'll pay you for? Yes. But would you be willing to give one away? All right. So then we, tonight, guys, we do a giveaway on these things a lot. Sure. Uh, and, and so tonight we're going to give away a signed copy of Lights Out by David Crawford. Um, and it's just hashtag Lights Out. So you guys know how this works. Post it up in the comments. Uh, and you're entered at the end of the, the evening here for a uh, signed copy of Lights Out by David Crawford. So definitely hit those and get them in there. And we'll mention this again in a little while. Just to keep it rolling. So, so what kind of videos are you guys doing where there's chiggers involved? Well, I mean, do you really want to know? Because uh, we got our new casting couch in, and uh, that's where they came from. Yeah, yeah you should not. never go to an estate sale. In LA. You know, don't buy furniture there. Well, it's Carl's house. So, oh, oh, he he and Carl went over the list of filming we're going to do, and of course, you know, Carl being the former sergeant major. Put me with a weed eater outside cleaning up the range. So that's, that's oh, how that's that, where the uh, of course he's right. used to that, right? Because out of thirty years of service, he's got at least forty years of extra duty. Uh, no, I I have forty years of military service, twelve years of extra duty. <laughs> twelve years of extra duty. Twelve years <laughs> mowing the lawn and painting sidewalks. <laughs> so so then, David. After lights out, are you are you still into preparedness and stuff? Do you are you still practicing or do you practice those kind of things? Uh, weapons training, anything like that? Are you into any of this stuff anymore? Or did you just take a break and step back? No, no, it's just it's just something we do as part of our lifestyle, really. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. It's not something that it's not like a hobby to many of us. It's just the way we live uh, that right. creates the the cushion. For, for the problems. And so you're in, you're in Texas where it's uh, nice and cool, uh, you know, usually dry, you know, not, not too right. bad over there. What's your primary thing that, that you're focusing on uh, when it comes to preparedness? Like, is it for um, you probably water is number one power, those sort of things, security and security, obviously depending on where you are in Texas. That's why I'm putting like, what's your, the, the keystones that you're always having to look at and monitor. Right, right. Um, you know, food, water is is number one for us. Um, so we've got that that pretty well covered. Um, you know, security. We are outside the city limits, so nice. it it's you know it's it's not like we're right in the middle of a city or whatever. But you know, if people started leaving, they would come by here, and we might need to discourage them from looking around too much. Now, do you have acreage but, there um, or are you in a community, like a subdivision? Yeah. Yeah. No, we're, we've got acreage. It's not, you know, okay. it's not a ton, but we're on 14 acres. Oh, that's so, enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I just remember reading a book where like a, like a neighborhood came together to, to kind of fortify itself, you know? So I didn't know if you're living in that world or if you're right. living in the one a little more rural or a little more resources and, and that sort of thing. So, right. No. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And now you're saying that you've been doing some fishing too, which is one of the things in this world that I love more than anything. And I don't, I, Emory and Sue, do you either one of you fish? Sue fishes? I, I only fish for compliments. <laughs> you fish, Sue? Uh, I, I actually bought some fish to stock my pond. I thought <laughs> I was, uh, last year, Here I. We go. I bought a whole truckload of trout. I didn't realize that I was actually doing a fish fry. Trout actually take a lot of much colder water. Much colder water. I, my son and I spent the whole day uh, cleaning, gutting and cleaning all kinds of trout, filled up the freezers after that, that purchase. And then uh, <laughs> last week I bought 50 catfish and, and uh, 50 bluegill from uh, – from a truck that travels from Arkansas and uh, I met them at the, uh, the feed store there in North Carolina. And I, I was expecting the same size fish and I got a whole bag of sardines that I put in my pond. So 
and a, and a bag of fish food. So hopefully, hopefully I'll be fishing soon. Uh, maybe, right. maybe this time next summer. <laughs> Sometime you'll See? get the story of what happened the first time he got fish delivered and you better wear a diaper because it's that funny. <laughs> yeah. I've, so I, I committed genocide on trout. <laughs> I committed genocide. On, so this is an ongoing saga <laughs> of, of Sue trying to stock his fish pond for future use. Yes. Oh, good Lord. You, you know, the thing I've been learning is especially mm -hmm. hanging out with our good friend, Alan Kay is I'm not good at fishing, right? I've fished a few times. I've fished in the ocean a few times. I've fished in the rivers a few times. You know, that kind of thing. Caught a couple of things. Really, survival-wise, I'm bringing a net. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. yeah. yeah. Learn, learning to tie the gill net is is crucial in your in your skills. You need to learn how to tie a gill net. Those, that that actually works. Yeah. Yep. You can make it out of your paracord. Maybe we'll, maybe I'll do a video on that. It's not that hard. The knot's fairly easy to do too. T, do you fish at all? Are you a fisherman? I know you're up there in North Cackalack. Yeah, State. I do. You know, I do. I'm in the same boat that Sue is, is uh, fighting a pond and stocking that. So we've, we've got it stocked again, but now we have the, the, the killer snapping turtle infestation that we're dealing with. That's been clearing them out. But uh, fish wise, man, fishing, usually I catch a buzz. That's about it. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I try to throw a little something in there to ju just to eat, but as far as being the avid avid fisherman and and the fisher of men, it's not me. I, I catch a buzz, drink a couple beers, uh, and that's it. So, but the pond is small, so you know the gill net thing. We could probably we could probably pull a few hundred out of there if we have to. All right, David. So, so these are all non-fisher people here. So, so we could talk fishing for a minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you're fishing in the in the Gulf, correct? Yes, in the we're, we're inshore, so we're fishing in the bays. In the bays, yep. Because I've seen some saltwater. Yeah, reds, saltwater. Some, yep. some redfish you caught, some nice bull reds that you caught, uh, and I love fishing for redfish, trout, that kind of thing. That's that's my wheelhouse. I grew up doing that uh, with my dad, so still something I love doing. So yeah, do you get yeah. to go? Do you go off yeah. there? Or are you working too much? Um, no, I get to go. You know, probably at least a couple of times a month. We'll drive cool. down. We're only about one hundred and fifty miles from the coast so oh, okay um yeah, yeah a couple it, hours it's, down you know yeah exactly and stuff so we yeah. can get in the water and and fish and yeah so, so i've been doing so, that since oh go ahead go ahead finish up go ahead i'm reading comments no, I was too. Just gonna i'm say, multitasking i uh, I, I i started doing that with my grandfather when i was four years old so yeah. he started yeah. taking me out to go fishing and stuff so it's just something and now I can't wait to share that with my grandson. Absolutely. So, so what do you do for work these days? I mean, everybody knew David Crawford when Mike lights lights out came out. Everybody knew who you were. Everybody read that book. And and the, and if you guys here haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Um, uh, but but what do you do for a living then? You know, because the you're not writing books, so you're out there right. doing a job. Hey, what is it? right? I work for a shoe company, SAS. And I do the demand planning and sales forecasting for them. Oh, okay. That's so a, basically, like I try to figure job. out. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. it is. Yes, it is. But but it's pretty challenging trying to figure out how many pairs of shoes women are going to buy this month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want that job, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that, that one wouldn't work for me number one it'd be inside and that means an office that means there's probably an hr department and that automatically rules me out because i don't play well with others in that kind of environment uh, i had an employer one time tell me that, that i was a great employee as long as i never came to the office like as long as i was remote i was awesome they didn't want shit to do with me in the office <laughs> right so yeah let me see. I'm just watching some of these, some of these comments are, they're scrolling through. Um, so you said you hadn't wrote in a long time. You have a couple of ideas on deck. Are they timely to some of the things we're going through these days or do you have different ideas? Um, just, I, I had started a story about, um, it was kind of a zombie story, but based on a virus and stuff. So um, I may finish that. Um, I thought about doing the sequel to Lights Out. I think that's um, what you should then, do. Well, 
Maybe so. I'm telling you. Maybe so. I'm telling you. Yeah. You're, yeah. I don't know if you understand okay. the following that, that Lights Out has. Like, it's huge. Like, I mean, I, I know, okay. like you're saying, the sales on Amazon may not be burning it up, but it was available for so many years right. as a PDF um, that when, you know, early 2000s, when all, you know, the, when the preparedness thing was really kind of taken off, you kind of landed in a sweet spot. Um, and it was a huge success, in my opinion. I know everybody read it. There was, you know, PDFs of it all over the place. And, and I think people would love to see a sequel of it, you know, and get that back out there. You know, you, you, a 10 year gap in between or 14 year gap, whatever we're looking at right now between them gives folks a lot of time to, to forget. And so that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on here is I don't think enough people uh, have red lights out and I think more people should. And I genuinely think you should pick that ball up and run with it some more because I'll tell you that in this genre, there are a lot of people writing in this genre and to, this isn't to anybody in particular, but um, they're not all great. Um, lights out was great. Um, that was a great book. You know, you impacted a lot of folks well, you. when you wrote that, which is why we do this. Like T started mountain preparedness. It's a expo. We did one in May. Um, it went off great. Uh, we had, you know, he had 70 and 70 classes a day going there. You know, he was giving more classes in a day than most expos give, you know, in their entire weekends. Just, you know, trying to spread the knowledge, get stuff out there. Emery and, and right. Sue are both instructors. They're, they they teach in firearms, hand-to-hand, um, -hand, edged weapons, all that stuff. Uh, and they work with Carl Erickson over Tactical Rifleman. So we're still about trying to preach the message and get more people prepared. And, and maybe they're landing or not they're landing. But when all this thing, you know, finally does crash one of these days, their, their impact will be a little softer than everybody else's. It's kind of how I look at what we do. Right. So, yeah. So I really think you should. I, I think the audience for a sequel to Lights Out is probably far bigger than you think it is. And I think it would be a huge success for you. Big okay. time. Like, I'm an advocate. I'm, I'm a, like everybody else in the comments are All saying right. that they'd like to see more, too. I would, too. I'd love to see a sequel to it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to order another copy just to read it again because it's been so long since I've read it. Um, or if we get it on audio, okay, I'll listen to it. So. There you go. There you go. Well, I'm yeah. certainly sold. You're certainly what? So I'm sold. I'm sold. So you should. I'm telling you guys, read his book. Okay. It's actually really good. We're going to have to. Okay. Yeah. What would so, that next one be called? How do you shock people with that next? You got lights out. What is the next one? Like uh, AC quit working or something <laughs> like that? What do you – that there, get them, man. They're like, oh, my God, that's, that's insane. No, no, the, no the, the natural sequel to lights out is going to be Wi-Fi's out. Because then that's oh, the yeah. end of the world. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's it. No one can learn anything ever again. That is the real end of the world. So, perfect. Um, or no cell yeah, phone service. We already got you set up. Yeah, no cell phone service. All right. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, last, so, last, weekend, my, last weekend, my wife was like, let's spend the day together. And I said, okay. And after the first cup of coffee, I watched her play on her cell phone and the second cup of coffee i watched her play some more so i got my cell phone and i texted to her and she's sitting <laughs> right in the living room from me i said uh, i'm changing my name and she texted me back i'm sitting in the same living room as her she texted me back what are you changing your name to and i said what do you prefer facebook or iphone I would just love to see the cell phones go away. I would, I would love that. I do I hate agree. mine. I, I know T hates his phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, I've, I've been thinking for a long time, and you may agree, you may disagree. Actually, I know you kind of agree with me, Chris, because we've talked about it. But um, to me, solving the world's problems starts with. No more internet, period, end of story. And I know a lot of us, I mean, everybody here, you know, Sue and I certainly, and you, Chris, uh, you know, a lot of our things that we do yeah. daily for business, you know, have to do with the internet. I get it. But, yeah. uh, but you know, imagine a world where our internet disappears. There's no more internet, right? Tomorrow. Yes, it would cause a freak out. Yes, it'd be a mess. Yes, a bunch of the soft people that just can't live with it, uh, can't live without it, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, flip out, you know, whatever. But ultimately, I think that is how we start normalizing the planet again. Get rid of it. Done. 
Yeah. Agreed. Now, if people, growing people up, people have away, to talk to one another again, though. They'd have to face to face, have to speak. Uh, there'd probably be a whole lot of ass whoopings, too, because they would forget that they're now talking face to face with somebody, not, not over the internet, where they can run their mouth and then and say all the terrible stuff that you know they do online. I mean, that's yeah, a good thing, ass, though. A little, knuckling, a little knuckling up is okay. Back in the day, that was completely acceptable and a normal thing. You know, after it was all said and done, everybody everybody got back together. They shook hands. Yeah. And they went on. You know, it was yeah. a good it was a good world. It was a good day. Uh, a lot more quality. I'm for it. You know, back in Sue's twenties, they used to do pace offs, right? And you'd uh, draw and shoot each other. Right. During the invention of the wheel, arm. when I, dinosaurs I roamed the earth. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I just recently moved up uh, to the to the mountains like 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 uh t did up uh, up there in the appalachians and i had a little confrontation with a a nephew of one of my neighbors and i i asked him i said uh do you have a gun and he's like are you threatening me i was like no i'm from out west i'm from west texas you know so if you have a gun and i have a gun uh, that makes us both polite you know so an armed society is a polite society so, yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. You can stop running yep. your mouth and saying all those filthy names if you know I have a gun and you have a gun. So I, I, I totally. I mean, that works. I live yeah, my yeah. life all over the world. If we're both carrying guns, whether it's me talking to the Taliban or talking to Al Qaeda in Iraq, if we both have guns, we seem to treat each other with respect. Isn't <laughs> that funny how that works? <laughs> it's the, the ultimate inequality. Well, yeah, what was it? Yeah, well, you know, God created man, and then you know, Smith and Wesson changed that, or created all men equal. Smith and Wesson changed that, made them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just Sam, it's crazy. I think the saying goes in Texas. I think Samuel Colt, uh, God created man, and Samuel Colt made them equal. <laughs> yeah, they would say that in Texas. So, 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 Dave, with all the with all the shenanigans, I don't know. Do you spend much time? Uh, on social media at all? I mean, I know you have a Facebook page, but I don't um, on Facebook. I don't mess with um, it. A little bit, yeah, yeah, uh, you know. So you you you're keeping abreast of all the the absolute insanity that is uh, presently going on in the world about us. Um, yes. Were you ever in the military, David? No, no, okay. I was not. All right. Well, then this this question is going to be aimed at primarily Sue. Then Sue, what did you think of? Oh, wait, before we do that, I'm going to hold my question because we're going to run a quick little promo. You guys know how this crap works. Sorry, it's the shameless plug thing, but we're going to run one of those real quick if they'll spin it up. And then I got a real good question for Sue that should be a whole lot of fun to answer. So let's talk let through Georgia real quick. Now, I know you guys have seen this stuff in other places, but I actually ordered this. They didn't give it to me, and I was a customer before I became an affiliate with them. This stuff's fantastic. First, it tastes really good. Brickhouse Fuel of Greens, and I really like the berry. This is actually my favorite the berry flavor one. With this, you get to replace all the vitamins and minerals that are lost through the preservation process. So you want to find a way to supplement that. One scoop of, of Brickhouse Fuel Degrees is your daily serving of fruits and vegetables, fruits and vegetables. Cool thing about the Brickhouse Fuel Degrees like these, and they have other products too, but this will fit right in the rucksack. One scoop out of this mixed in a glass of water is your daily serving of fruits and vegetables. These things are chock full of superfoods. And this is not a supplement. Brickhouse is food. Check out Brickhouse at the link below, guys. Buy some, give it a shot. I'm a fan. I work, I use it. I think you guys could too. All right, there we go. Shameless plugs are out of the way. So, Sue, this is, this is I'm going to get everybody's take on this one. But did you guys see where DOD just announced that now transgender service members uh, now get permanent PT, um, like set aside? They don't have to meet PT standards anymore, ever. And they can also defer deployments. They do not have to deploy. I heard a little bit about that. My son's dealing with that right now. Matter of fact, my 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 son, who's in the 82nd Airborne, uh, he he just got his security clearance renewed. And not only did he get his security clearance back for being a basically a straight white male. But uh, they gave him a top secret security clearance a little bit too late because uh, he's packing up his bags and he's leaving the service next month. Uh, but uh, we, uh, Carl Erickson, myself, Emery, we, we had this conversation, uh, you know, about 
could we even survive in today's military with the way it is right now? And uh, I, don't, I don't think I admit I I don't think I'd last ten minutes in today's military. I, I just wouldn't put up with that for anybody's pay rank or or respect. You know, I just I if if it goes against your culture, then and and that's the problem with the, today's volunteer force is we are so far behind in our recruiting goals. We being the United States Department of Defense, and uh, that uh, uh, I don't think. Uh, the, the youth of today want to go to defend something uh, culturally that they don't agree with. And, and that's why the recruiting is way down. And, and it kind of, kind of comes back to slap us in the face. I remember about five years before I got out of the military, I was talking to an Israeli officer and uh, I was like, uh, Hey, you know, they're talking about, you know, open, open gay, you know, gay, in the military, you know. Oh yeah, you know, don't ask, don't tell was a thing back then. No, no, they they threw that out. This is after after oh, the, okay. that, that was the Clinton administration. We're talking yeah. during the Obama administration. They say, get, you know, now gays can serve. You know, they can serve in the military. And I was talking to an Israeli officer there in Tel Aviv, and I said they got the idea from you guys. And uh, <laughs> and an Israeli officer looked at me, and and and, and Emery knows this better than I do. But he goes, uh, I don't think you understand, Larue. Uh, Everybody in Israel serves in the military. If if you're crippled, we'll find a job for you. If you're blind, we'll find a job for you. But you are going to do military service, no matter what your sex is, what your what your uh, physical condition is. You're going to do some kind of service towards your nation. And I think that really, for or when when you look at the the small amount of the percentage of the United States population that's actually served in the military, you know, even currently or in the past, you're looking at single digits, actually single digits, you know, mm-hmm. in the percentage of the population. Whereas in Israel, and Emory can can elaborate on this, but everybody kind of grows up. Once once you get out of high school, you're going to mature very fast in Israel. It's, it's pretty it's pretty heart, uh, heartwarming to see. They, they got a, a whole different mentality and a maturity level at, you know, at a very young age there in Israel. Well, that's, that segues into another thing, Sue. And, and Emory, I'm sure you're well aware of this, which is there's, there's the, the issue with reservists right now in Israel signing refusals to deploy. Um, I didn't get to read the whole article yet. I'm not sure exactly what, what that beef is over, but I'm sure you probably know what it is, you know, because yeah, yeah. it is compulsory. So. Well, yeah. So, you know, what's really being discussed is reservists, right? Like you said, and, you know, for our viewers, you know, I want you to understand that reserve duty in Israel is not like it is here. You don't choose to sign up for reserves, right? Because we all serve the way it works as you go, you do, you know, guys are required to do three years, girls do two years. I think they may have shortened it now by a couple months. Um, but what happens is when you get out, you get posted in some reserve unit. Uh, in my case, in the case of a lot of other, you know, soft units, you actually do your reserve duty in your active duty unit, right? So when I go back to do my stuff, I'm just going back to my normal unit. So the uh, there were many soft units where the reservists, uh, and this has been going on for months, it's just another escalation now, which I'll, I'll describe with a little more detail here in a second. Uh, but what happened is, this government is so out of whack right now and they are making, uh, you know, there's, there's some, some nutcases in the, in our government who are put in there for essentially their mandates. We've discussed this before on our show a little bit. And, um, and so what, you know, based on some of their comments, based on a lot of the laws that they are trying to instate a lot of these guys. And right now the big mess is actually pilots, a lot of fighter pilots, a lot of mm-hmm. very, very uh, elite officers that are even above the operational pilots right uh, you know and the whole uh what we call the the whole right kind of like our our military side pentagon and they're saying not only are we not coming in now but we're done we are not serving anymore uh and and they, they're saying we're not serving anymore period because they know that once they kind of cross that line nobody's ever going to let them back in right uh, but it's creating a huge issue. What they are so angry about 
the way they put it is, you know, they will not serve for a country that is not democratic or anti-democratic. And what they mean by that is uh, when you have politicians trying to take over the Supreme Court, we don't have checks and balances in the same way that we do here in, in the States. We don't have both houses and the Supreme yeah. Court and the presidency, right? We have we have the uh, office of the prime minister and we have the Knesset, which is our, our parliament. And those two are only being checked by the Supreme Court. And so, you know, that's what this uh, this revolution, this judiciary revolution is really about is uh, Bibi Netanyahu uh, and his cohorts, uh, people who, by the way, the, the two main ministers I'm, I'm talking about, one of them is the minister of, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not butchering the translation, he is the minister of internal defense. He is in charge of all the police, all the security inside of Israel, right? Not the military externally, but everything security inside of Israel, which is huge. It's enormous, right? Yeah, it's um, very, and it's very <laughs> intricate inside of Israel. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this guy, not only has he never served, and like Sue was saying, right, we all serve. He never served. He wasn't allowed to serve. The military wouldn't take him because he was a nutbag. Uh, <laughs> and so, and this is the kind of piece of crap that BB puts into office in that kind of position, right? And so he comes out and and says things like, "Oh well, Hawala, it's this this Arab city. Well, you know, next time we'll just you know we'll put up airplanes and we'll bomb the whole city." When you have a politician saying things like that, never mind that he's just an idiot and doesn't know what he's talking about, whether he meant it literally or not. You have a politician in charge of things like that saying things like that. You have to really consider what position you might be put in in two months when you go into reserve and, you know, and they tell you to bomb a city, right? So what do you do at that point? So what do you do when you try to take your family on a vacation to England afterwards and you get arrested and put, you know, on trial in The Hague? So, you know, and, and of course, I, I truly believe, I truly, truly believe that we have the most ethical military force on the planet, the most ethical military. And I've seen this from the inside, right? Were so, you in, be in Israel or in Israel. the United States? Yeah, yeah, Israel. Okay. Israel. Really? Um, you, you, do you actually th think that Emory just said that he believed that the U.S. military was the most ethical military on the planet? Uh, well, I, and the reason I say that is, is because... Is the Israeli or the IDF is same is forced with the same kind of problems that we are in, in yep. our military? I mean, we're in Afghanistan or Iraq or, or Syria right now. Syria, I've got another son that is on his way over there, or he's he's there now, and it just amazes me. And I saw it myself. You know, when uh, we say that, you know we went from detaining combatants to oh well, these guys have rights. You know, and and they get they get you you got to basically preserve their rights. And I was like, I didn't know that there was a you know United States Constitution carried over into Iraq or Afghanistan or Syria. I wasn't aware of that. Nobody gave me that briefing. I, I got to tell you, I got some stories from back in the day, and, and this is why. And, and before I get into this, let me say this: the U.S. military is a very ethical body. Okay. They are. Is a as a whole, it's it's yeah. the it's the politicians that wield it that are not. Yeah, yeah, but that has that nothing to do with that, the body that, itself. That makes but it, the trigger pullers. The, the trigger pullers, ethical, no, no. absolutely hands down. I don't. No, no, yeah. no, Chris. I'm talking above. I'm talking above and beyond the trigger pullers. Right. Yeah. The military itself has a code of ethics. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So and and yes, the Israeli military is very ethical. Do are there and have there been events where horrible things have happened? hundred percent. Yes. Uh, or, or have been done by, by the good side, so to speak a hundred percent. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's happened. Right. There's no question. People are people. Yeah. There's a lot of shitheads, but, uh, you know, I have get this guys. You, and, and please feel free to laugh at this. I, and Chris, especially you, cause you know me well, right. Sue already knows all my stories. <laughs> I have been on, I don't know how many times, right, uh, been on missions, you know, to catch or whatever, uh, you know, mil not only militants, but terrorists with blood on their hands. And and this is back in the day, right? I mean, you know, 2005, six, you know, that kind of era even. And um, I have had complaints. Ancient history. <laughs> I have had complaints filed against me, not that not by name, because they don't know, 
but I've had complaints filed against me by these terrorists that we have captured, yeah. right, for being rough with them. Now, being rough with them, once they're in handcuffs and not fighting, that's it. There is no physical contact other than holding them in the vehicle, making sure their head doesn't bump the, you know, the side or whatever, uh, you know, but for putting flex cuffs on too tight and that kind of thing. And it, and it wasn't like a evil malicious thing at all. And, and when that word got back to me through my command staff, it was like, wait, wait, wait I'm sorry. I think I misheard you. You got a complaint and somebody actually, the terrorist complained to their interrogators or whoever it was. And word even made it back to the unit that that's a thing. How is that even possible? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that, yeah. that happens so, so you didn't so you didn't accidentally bump their head in the back of that steel bar of that seat at all. A hundred percent. Never, never, no, not once. On I guarantee it. And I'll tell you this. If anybody uh, right when we're going to catch somebody uh, and I said this at our, our class, you know, last week we ran a uh, night vision class, a low light class uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. And, you know, so I was telling the guys, look, I, you know, I have no idea how many uh, bad guys have woken up in the middle of the night with my stock to their face in their bedroom. Yeah. But once they stop fighting, once you have them cuffed, zip tied, whatever, that is it. That is it. There is n absolutely no place for abuse. And I'll tell you what, T, and, and because I appreciate your joke, but, but, or, or your honest question, right? Uh, Right. This is what differentiates yeah. us from them. That's it right well, there. For sure, for sure. And I will say the butt the butt stock to the face pretty much so probably levels out that whole fighting back thing exactly. right then and there, doesn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a muzzle to the so sternum. At that point, you're just moving dead weight around. <laughs> muzzle to the sternum well, is pretty let's effective. Let's go back too. to the original question. Did you hear about this? You know, the these transgenders yeah. are taken out of PT <laughs> and told they don't have to deploy. Well, remember, uh, again, we're 20% we're 20 short of our recruiting goals, right? We have less than 1% of the population actually serving into the active duty in the, in the military today, right? And if you talk about, you know, all these transgenders, transgenders getting all the attention, and what it does is it just breaks down morale and breaks down that unit cohesiveness, so if you can't trust the person on your left or your right, then you don't have a unit. Does that make sense? You don't. I, I mean, I, would, I think that's probably the whole point. That is the point. Right? Exactly. exactly. That is the point. It has yeah. nothing to do with somebody's sexual preference or their religious beliefs or their skin color or anything. It has nothing to do with that. It's basically an, an inside insurgency, if you will, inside the military. When you break down that unit, you don't have a unit, period. No. You have a bunch of individuals who are scared of their own shadows because they don't want to ruin their career. And, and if you want to know what that looks like, watch any of the video from Ukraine and how the Russians uh, generally react when, when being assaulted. And you'll see how a bunch of individuals will fight together. Um, I want to mention real quick, guys, don't forget, hashtag lights out in the comments to get registered, entered to win a uh, signed copy of Lights Out from David Crawford here. Uh, and, and David, I'm gonna, we're going to switch gears away from military goodies for a minute because what you said you do working in a, in a, a fashion, fashion industry, essentially, um, and you're trying to forecast sales and things like that. So look at the economy-wise. Or is there anything that you guys are seeing on that side of the house? Because obviously fashion is for a lot of people discretionary spending. And when that starts to go away, you know, sales start to slow down and things. So so what are you seeing? Besides, the, besides high market? heels and size 14. <laughs> Those still sell. That's and a niche market, yeah. Sue, that only you buy yeah. them in. So. Yeah. Um, um, our footwear is, is more high end. Um, it's all made here in the United States. Uh, one of the last companies to do it. Um, but but we're seeing, you know, most of our customers are a, a little on the older side, 40 and up. Um, and, and we're seeing that inflation's taking a bite. You know, I mean, you know, um, it, it bothers me to see that, you know, I mean, in the last two years, everything is up 15% minimum. Yeah. And and 
the people that these politicians are saying they want to protect are the ones that are hurt the most by this inflation. You know, it's just a tax on our money that they're inflating the money so that we have less of it. Well, and when, and, and, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, um, Biden essentially told Yellen to be prepared for China to drop all treasuries overnight without notice. And so that's going to be a flood of dollars coming back home. And, and on the topic of China, did you guys see where China is now trying to is attempting to make inroads into the Med and offer security guarantees like we did to the Saudis and the UAE and all the other players over there? That's real talk. that's happening right now that, that we could actually lose our position in the Med to China entirely. I don't know if any of you guys have caught that, but that's Kirk, that's going on right now. Um, those yeah, discussions absolutely. are. It's it's already been going on, right? And here yeah. are the examples that that we've discussed. Uh, you know, if you're looking at who are the the most bitter enemies, the most bitter enemies in the Middle East, right? Iran and Saudi Arabia. So they have hated each other for a thousand years, right? If not more. Uh, I'm talking pre-Muhammad times, right? Yeah, that's that's Shia and Sunni, basically. Hating. Even even pre, right? And so, uh, you know, you're going back to the Persian Empire and all that stuff. So who's brokering uh, suddenly their buddy-buddiness, right? That's happening in China. China's going, mm -hmm. hey, guys, let's get you guys together and uh, have a chit-chat. And, and the reason is, and this is all tied in together, the reason for that is the fact that America uh, is not seen as uh, capable uh, or, or, or as being trustworthy when they guarantee something uh another country's uh another country's protection uh, another excellent example of that is what we're seeing in ukraine right oh yeah ukraine had nukes they had russian nukes albeit right uh but they had they had a lot of nukes and america came in and said hey we will guarantee your security we will guarantee your safety from russia if you get rid of your nukes they got rid of the nukes what do we do Right. And so I think a lot of the people that are arguing against the Ukraine war now, uh, and I'm not really taking sides, but I'm just saying, look, here's what we did. We went in. We did that. We guaranteed their security there against the Russian invasion. And now what are we doing? Uh, here's a couple of missiles. Well, the, the, the whole free market economy is, you know, the United States basically patrolled the seas. That never happened. But after World War II, we, we basically patrolled the seas during the Cold War, you know, the Soviet Union versus the United States. And we, we created this mess. We, being the United States, created this world economy. And what you're, what you're seeing now is we've got so many uh, – niches in different countries and stuff like that. And I'm sure Dave sees this too in his supply chain trying to, you know, just make shoes, right? Is now you have this world economy where you, where you had sources of raw materials that it's, it's not available anymore. Or what the Chinese are doing is trying to shut down that world economy and get the raw materials going into other economic markets. And that's basically what it is. It's, it's kind of a soft through inflation and everything, it's a soft transfer of wealth is what it, re what it really boils down to. It's not anything that, security. It's more, hey, let's 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 trade amongst ourselves and stop giving everything to the big consumer called the United States. Yeah, and and that's a good point on uh, supply chains and stuff. And David, did, have you guys noticed issues with that, or are you having problems with supply chain? Because you know we 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 always hear about it. But when you can talk to somebody who's in the industry and be like, yeah, we're having problems here, here, this, and here's why. So just curious if you guys are seeing that. Right. No, we had huge problems, you know, starting in 20. Um, a lot of those we found second sources for and things, but but it's still an issue. Yeah, still ongoing. And yes. I and I, now we're starting to see, too, like I think Yellow Freight, I just heard. Yellow Freight, one of the freight carriers has been around for decades. They're about to file bankruptcy so or going to bankruptcy protection at least um and when you know major freight carriers now that are like there's just we can't get it done no more um through no regulation yeah yeah well yeah. and t you know well on that when you talk about trucks yeah so. yeah the, the trucking industry everything's being you know these smaller companies are being bought up by the larger companies and um 
let's see which one was i can't remember the the carrier i deal with too many of them but one of them uh they 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 went under and and all of their uh all of their employees were out of work just the next day that was it it's done deal but our the big the big phrase now that we're hearing is uh national back order everything's on national back order parts you know it just it's uh and we're talking about some of the biggest names in the industry for trucking industry you know uh major engine manufacturer tractor truck truck and tractor manufacturers it's uh yeah we can't build this you know with this this parts on national back order let's set this to the side build some more chassis because we've got to wait for this particular part to come in again the computer chip thing of course is still still wreaking habit um as far as for computer chips from overseas uh for a lot of these a lot of these uh, systems in the trucks so yeah national back order man that's the that's the new phrase we don't have it it's on national back order we can't get it we don't know when we're going to be able to get it yeah, yeah and, and, the, and the same th the same thing it's kind of self-imposed not only in the trucking industry but uh where the industry that i worked in was you know commercial ammunition uh we had a lot of suppliers. Now, I'm not talking about actually putting the bullets together. I'm talking, you know, frangible ammunition or some of the, the solid copper projectiles, things like that. A lot of these were bought up. These are smaller companies were bought up by larger car corporations. And these larger corporations were like, oh, wait a minute. You make projectiles? No more of that. You know, we don't have anything to do with it. It got so bad that uh, one of our plastic suppliers, you know, were in in injected molded. They were... They, they, one of their contracts was to make tips for arrows for archery. And the, the larger corporation out of New Jersey found out that they were doing this in, in Florida, right there in St. Petersburg, Florida. And there's like, nope, that contract is over and done with. So now people are scrambling to find, okay, how do we, how do we get these plastic tips to put on fiberglass arrows? For God's sake. Yeah, I bought tires. I bought tires for my truck over um, on Friday. Uh, suddenly had one go wonky on me and I needed to replace them. We found six tires in the entire state of Florida. All they match, thank God, but only six in the entire state that would fit my truck. And it cost me $2,350 to put a set of tires on my truck. Wow. Well, Those you do have really big tires. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're 37 inch, 12 and a half inch wide tires are huge, but still, I mean, $2,550 yeah. a piece wow. for tires. Yes. Well, we're we still it's see okay, that my with friend, all the tires. You come to me, I give you tires for good, good deal, good deal. Uh, I make them for good deal, make it, very good deal. I make them very special. They're square. They're square. <laughs> they're square. They're only flat on one side. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a quick little break for one more little shameless plug here, real, real quick, uh, for you guys, and we're gonna come back and and do a little bit more of this. And I'm gonna the I'm people gonna... are definitely pissed off. Haven't had enough yet. Stick around for the after show. Bolder, grittier, angrier. On the Rocks with Angry American and the gang is coming up next. Sue, I really think you have a future in that business. You should be doing yes. voiceover work, man. It, it really is good. Man, it's, it's, like, so good. it's like someone narrating a Harlequin romance novel or something, man. That's just <laughs> sexy. Actually, sexy, Sue. You, you wouldn't believe this, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, Sue and Carl and myself soon are actually going to uh, we're going to record an audiobook uh, written by somebody else. I'm not I'm I'm specifically not saying it because I'm not sure if we're allowed to say it yet or not. Hey, what are the dates on that again, man? What are those dates? It's like the second week of August type of thing. Yeah. Second uh, week? T, what's yeah. our date again for North Carolina? <laughs> well, don't worry, 20, we'll, we'll 21st and 22nd. 21st and 22nd. All right, well, that might work out. Yeah, North no, Carolina, and then I'll run down to St. Pete. Yeah, I, I what plan did you say it was? How close is it? And Dave, our guest, Dave, he was talking about uh, doing the uh, lights out and the audio book. And uh, we're, we're trying a, a unique approach instead of one narrator who does, you know, several voices and several different approaches or, or different moods as a one narrator. We're actually, it's kind of like a play. Our audiobook is going to have different voices for each different character. One narrator, you know, if it's not first person, but uh, but all the characters will have a different voice or a different person playing that 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 character, if you will. Plus, all the voice actors are idiots. Yeah. All right, and so, guys, so 
David is on Facebook, right? You can you can look him up and find him. Yes. There he is, right there. Yeah. And and I'm gonna and I'm gonna do this to you on here, Dave. Start hassling him for a sequel to Lights Out, guys, because because I know you can do it, man. And and I'll say from my experience, because you know I did Going Home and kind of rolled with that. It changed my life, dude. And I think Lights Out sequel could do that for you too. I think you I, really I think so need too. To do that. I think so too, Chris. You and Dave have wrote great books. I, I kind of throw it back. I, I, I don't know if, how many people have heard of Stephen King's uh, book, The Stand. Have, have you ever read the book, The Stand? And that was way, that was written, I think, way back in the 80s. And uh, that, that, that kind of blew my mind and got me into this, you know, looking at what could happen, the calamity that could happen, not just to the world, but the country. When in The Stand, you're talking, they have, there was one particular uh, uh, chapter in there where they were just having a discussion they were just talking about okay what if 90 percent let's say let's 99 of the people in the country got killed off through disease or biological warfare or or you know chemical warfare whatever 99 percent of the people in this country died within a year like you mentioned in your books and i'm sure it's in lights out we're talking about you know just a depopulation You've, you've still got three and a half million people running around. Mm -hmm. So uh, the sequels that Dave's talking about and, and you too on the, on, on your books is, is it's just now we're talking about going back to tribalism almost. And that's, that's, mm -hmm. that, that makes a great opening for these sequels. I think, you know, I, I agree entirely. So David, we do a thing. We have a thing coming up in October. Uh, and I know this is not like down the street for you or nothing, but it's in Harmony, North Carolina, and, and it's a mountain readiness event. We're calling Fallout. More of a gathering just to come hang out. Uh, people get to, you know, interact, network, socialize, do that kind of thing. Um, and, and if it fit your calendar, it's the weekend of October 20th through the 22nd, man. You should come out and hang out. Um, I think you'd okay. be surprised at the reception you would get there, brother. I I, I mean, do you do you, sure. do you ever speak or show up anywhere or do anything for the book? Have you done anything um, like that? Not not in a long time. No. No. I think you should, man. Know. I think you should should, should stick okay. that in your calendar. It's right. your chance. Catch okay. up. And, yeah. Well, let me see. And come hang out. Let me see you. what I can do. Okay. Because we're gonna right. we're gonna have all these guys there and a bunch of other folks uh are gonna be there too. And okay. I just think it would be awesome, man, to to have you come out and let people meet you and see you. Because, uh, you know, right. one thing I've learned is is when, when folks read a book that you wrote that they really like, they really like to talk to you. They, you know, shake your hand yeah. and talk to you. And okay. that's been, for me, has been one of the best parts is is like all the people I've got to meet. Everybody here is in, in, on with us tonight was because of me writing books. So it's, uh, it's a great event. And I think you should come. And, I, and these guys, okay. they're already in the okay. comments saying, yeah. You should come. So, okay. We'd love to see you. We'll give you a male model and a Speedo. <laughs> <laughs> male model and a Speedo. Well, he is but a pretty man, I have to admit. Oh, no. Negative. No. no. <laughs> You'll never <laughs> see me in a Speedo. That ain't happening. We'll put a pair of socks in the Speedo. <laughs> pair of socks in the Speedo. All right. So, I'm going to look at a socks. couple of these. Starred, we got a they're saying all kinds of stuff in here. Let me just look through here real, real fast. Uh, let me see, man. Crazy, yeah, yeah, like right here. There's there's plenty of stuff to think of, or plenty of material out there for the fiction writer these days. Um, and it's not, and here, there you go, David, right there. Definitely need a sequel. One of the first post apocalyptic novels he read, right there. Uh, thanks, Dave. I think you should absolutely do it. These guys are, uh, you know, lots of them. And these comments is all about lights out, man. And I think it's awesome. And I and I would I'm, I can't say it enough. I'm trying to encourage you to do it because I want to read it. Um, and I know these guys all want to read it too. And and I learned one thing I know about business. I'm not a very good business guy overall, but one thing I know about business is the easiest way to make money is to sell people something they're asking for. And uh, and these guys are asking, so. I think it would be awesome okay. to get that thing and audio. We're going to make that happen too. Uh, I was All talking right. to Holly right before you came on. She's going to reach out to the audio publishers tomorrow and set up a meeting with you guys. Um, so you can talk to them and, uh, and, and get that thing put to audio. Um, well, they're one of the premier audio book publishers in the world too. So 
Go ahead. Okay. We talk about audio too, but uh, something I'd like all of you guys to consider that you know, your authors is uh, doing doing a, an actual uh, a comic book series. That's where you know that's where The Walking Dead started in too. And uh, I'm surprised at how many kids. I I used to read Sergeant Rock, you know DC comics. Yeah. Yeah. That was my favorite, and uh, I wish I still had that stack of Sergeant Rock comic books that I had. But uh, my my son was the one who who told me about the Walking Dead, and he, he had a stack of them in his room. And I was like, "This Walking Dead zombie stuff is stupid." But once he showed them to me, I was like, "Oh, these are great!" You know, and that's uh, that's that's something that uh, we need to take a look at. That that enters a lot. Uh, it generates a lot of other interest. From other, from a, a whole different uh, customer base, is doing the comic book series. I've been asked to do a graphic novel. Um, I just don't know Jack about doing graphic novels, and I'd have to do some some education. But uh, How I think graphic? we're getting ready to roll our last yeah. Yeah, yeah comic book thingy. So is that the smart way to say comic book graphic novel? Well, but bigger than a comic book, you've seen some of them. There, you know, they'll be like this thick, and it's oh. a, just a book you're flipping through, and it's got animation in it and not animation but uh well drawings you put enough and, pictures uh, in there sue and i might actually be able to learn how to read my stepfather had a, a comic book collection called the classics and it was uh basically the classic novels that we've all heard of you know and on the requiring required reading list for college but they were done in a comic book series and uh, I've read every one of them and people think I'm well-read. It's not that I read the books. I read the comic books that my stepfather had. It's a, a great way, a great, a great medium to get out there. Yeah, they're a good gateway. They're a good entry. Um, and Dave, if you want to hang around for a little while, we jump over to another little, uh, little uh, stream here uh, where we can be a little freer in the things we talk about. It's about a half hour. We hang out and shoot the shit for a few minutes. And we're, we definitely want to do that. Um, okay. Let me yeah, see. I'd love to. Yeah. And I'm just going to pop up something for you guys on who's this the wrong one. It's probably the wrong one. Cause we got, yep. So this was, we had, uh, David on the night. Uh, next week guys is bear independent and then Alpha Charlie concepts will be on as well. Uh, you guys are going to love John and a lot of, you know, who bear is. And so you guys will get to catch that. Um, recommend tuning in for those guys and you know go ahead and and hit the uh whoops sorry my go ahead there you go there's people doing this stuff for me and i always get in the way uh but jump over and, and check out the uh the after show guys um any final thoughts david is there anything you want people to know about where they can find you where do they buy your books what's the best way for them to buy your books um and that you're probably going to start getting inundated with signed copy requests so tell them how to do that too <laughs> okay okay um the best place to buy the books is on Amazon. Uh, you can find them under my name. Uh, and then if you want a signed copy, uh, you can email me at dcrawford at email with an E dot com or hit me up on at Lights Out David on Twitter. Oh, lights out, David. On Twitter. I know you're on Twitter. Yeah. I will get yeah. on there. Yeah. And we got one more thing to do. Let's find out. Shit. I'm trying to type it in. Let's find out who actually wins that free signed copy. So let's roll the roll oh, the thing. Okay. This is cool the way it does it. I like the way this does the whole giveaway. Let's find out who's getting a free one before you guys start buying them. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Jesse Vorwald, you are the man. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, Jesse Vorwald, we will. There you go. Russ at angryamerican.com. Shoot him an email and uh, we will coordinate with David and get you your book. Or you can email David at his email address that he just gave you and he'll take care of it. Um, and David, uh, let me know what I owe you, brother. And I will send you some cash for doing that for these great folks who hung around here to watch this nonsense right. that we put on at night maybe so maybe i'll just swap you for your new one when it's when it's done I, all right deal i'll send you the <laughs> no, new all right one, man. all right okay. we'll make, we'll make a trade three years good deal yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey t how t how long did it take you to write a book hold on let's just do this wait 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 how long did it take you to write lights out david uh three almost three and a half years 
three and a half years. So it took him three and a half years to write his first one. We're 14 years past that, and we don't have a sequel yet. You guys can stop giving me shit. Uh, we'll catch you guys in the after show. You know the deal. Be good or be good at it. We the three. people. On this podcast, if we talk about gun control, it's in relation to your marksmanship. Haven't had enough yet? Stick around for after the show. Bolder, grittier, angrier. On the Rocks with Angry American and the Gang is coming up next.